This is the Education Exchange with Paul Peterson. I am the senior editor at Education Next. Thank you for joining us. Partisan polarization seems to be pervading every aspect of American life. It begins with the government, of course. The government shut down for weeks because Democrats and Republicans couldn't agree on how much money to spend on securing the border with Mexico. As the battle raged, Trump denied Nancy Pelosi and her Democratic colleagues a military airplane for a flight to Afghanistan. Then Nancy Pelosi denied the president the podium in the House of Representatives. Well, I guess they finally got the government going again and some things are, are, are happening, but all the while partisan differences are becoming increasingly uh, concentrated along geographical lines. Sky blue states are became, becoming navy blue and pinkish red states are becoming scarlet. Well, it used to be that you may, had friends of the same religion. Now you have friends of the same political outlook. So how about education policy? Are the bitter partisan wars affecting the public's view of education as well? David Houston, a postdoctoral student at the Harvard Program on Education Policy, has taken a deep dive into this question by looking at data from the Education Next polls that were done for the years 2008 to 2014. David, it's great to have you uh, discussing political polarization with me on the Education Exchange. Happy to be here, Paul. Well, David, let me first ask you the big question. Has the public become increasingly polarized between 2008 and 2014? Uh, now, I haven't done a formal analysis of that particular question, but I did pull up just some informal data over the last couple of days and did a non-rigorous eyeball test of exactly that question that you pose. And I don't want to understate the amount of disagreement and conflict on matters of education policy. There are a lot of very significant and serious disagreements that happen on the, the local, state, and federal stage. But the big story, if we were to simplify it down, the big story is the relative absence of polarization on education policy issues, at least in comparison to other major policy domains like healthcare or immigration, uh, environmental regulation, or criminal justice. The partisan gaps on many education issues are noticeably smaller, um, with a couple of interesting exceptions. So you're saying that in general, the divide is not as great on education issues. Uh, do you see any increases over time, or are they too small to, to really uh, be confident that they're actually happening? So on most of the things that you guys have been asking about year after year in the Education Next survey, um, we tend to see parallel trends uh, between Democrats and Republicans um, in terms of the grades that folks would give to their local public schools, um, in terms of whether or not we should have national standards, admittedly, if you don't refer to them as common core, um, whether or not we should have the uh, federal requirement that, there'll be, that there is annual standardized testing in grades three through eight once in high school, um, and a bunch of other topics there's really parallel trends between Democrats and Republicans over time. They shift up or they shift downwards, but they tend to shift up or downwards at roughly the same rate. Um, but there are a couple exceptions to this rule. And so the ones that, that, uh, that stick out to me are mostly issues of teacher policy, um, merit-based pay or teacher tenure. Um, Democrats um, are becoming more supportive 
of uh, teacher tenure, less supportive of merit-based pay relative to the move in support among Republicans over the same period, um, and also in terms of support for teachers' unions. Um, there's some two-sided polarization happening on that particular issue. Um, Democrats becoming more supportive of teachers' unions on average, Republicans becoming less supportive of teachers' unions. On so it, it, it's, it's really all about uh, teacher unions and the issues that the unions care a lot about, such as merit pay and teacher tenure, and actually teachers care a lot about. Uh, those are the issues where we're getting some signs of polarization. But if you're looking at spending or school vouchers or charters, you don't see a lot of in a, a widening divide in, in uh, a public opinion. Is that a fair summary of what you found? Yeah, that's correct. With the interesting wrinkle of charter schools. So at least over the last decade or so, we've seen generally parallel trends on charter schools, with the exception of the last survey administration in 2018. And we saw a small uptick in polarization on charter schools. So maybe that's a harbinger of what's to come. Um, so tell me about the independence. When we talk about polarization, we, we talk as if the whole country was divided between Democrats and Republicans, but there are some independents out there. Do you have any, uh, any data on how the independents are drifting? Do they go with the Republicans or with the Democrats or do they have their own direction? You know, that's a great question. I don't have a, a formal analysis of that, but I have a funny feeling that's what I'm going to go back to after this conversation and look just to see what that answer is. Um, do independents trend more towards Republicans over time, or at least the modal Republican stance? Um, or are they trending more towards the conventional Democratic stance? Um, I don't have an answer for you on that one, but it's an interesting question. All right. Yeah, well, we'll stay tuned for that one. So um, now I know you've dug into some other uh, aspects of this issue. For example, you've looked at uh, people with children in school and uh, people who don't have children in school, are they, are they equally polarized or what happens uh, when you actually have a child in school? Yeah, this is, this is the question that originally motivated the, um, the, uh, the new paper that I've got. I was digging through the Education Next data and I found with at least some degree of consistency that the partisan gaps among parents tend to be a little bit smaller, not dramatically so, but a little bit smaller um, than their child-free uh, co-partisans. So in other words, if you've got a child, the reality of somebody in school, you start forgetting about what your political affiliation is. That's my hunch. Um, and it, it works out in interesting ways on different issues. So for example, on spending. Um, so those that have children in their household uh, are more likely to support increased spending on education in general. Um, although among, um, among Republicans, the increase is larger, resulting in an overall depolarization of opinion on spending. Um, the pattern on charter schools is a little bit different and, and interesting. Um, so Democrats with children are modestly more likely to support charter schools while Republicans with children are modestly less likely to support charter schools, resulting in a two-sided depolarization. 
So, but the, the common thread here is that people respond a little bit differently when they have children, and then that leads to thinking that doesn't necessarily fall so closely along partisan lines. Now, I know that in the Education Next survey, we, we tell some people how much is currently being spent on schools before we, uh, uh, before we, well, we ask them what they think is currently being spent on schools before we ask them whether they think we should spend more or less. And then for some people, we tell them how much uh, is actually currently being spent before we ask them whether they should uh, spend more or less. So does this have any effect on, on polarization? Are people more likely to be polarized when, when they're informed about what the current situation is, or, or are they less uh, polarized? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. And the the Education Next survey experiments are just a treasure trove for digging into it. So you guys have done these information experiments in which you, as you described, um, provide current spending levels, either the district level per pupil expenditures in the respondent's home district, um, or the state level average teacher salaries in the respondent's uh, home state. Um, and you provide that information to a random subset of your respondents before asking whether or not you support higher spending in general or higher teacher salaries in particular. Now, in general, most folks underestimate how much we're spending on schools. Um, and so that when you give them the current data on per pupil expenditures um, or average teacher salaries, um, the actual numbers are a little bit higher than what most uh, folks anticipate. They're quite a, quite a bit higher, aren't they? As I recall, they're, you know, like, 50% higher or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there, like, there's a substantial difference between uh, expectations and reality on those two issues. And so when you provide those data, support for increased spending uh, in general and support for um, increased teacher salaries tends to decline somewhat. Um, but it declines in a different way for Democrats and Republicans. Um, Democrats shift, uh, there's a larger magnitude in the Democratic shift. Um, resulting in an overall depolarization of opinion um, on education spending in general or teacher salaries in particular. Well, who has the better uh, estimate when you just ask them to estimate how much is being spent on their local schools? Do the Republicans do a better job of estimating what is being spent than the Democrats? Uh, I'd have to go back to the data to look that one up for you. Okay. Uh, because that might explain why the Democrats move so much and the Republicans move less, uh, because the Republicans may already ha know how much is, uh, or have a better guess as to how, uh, how much is currently being, being spent. Absolutely possible. So, so then uh, one of the questions that was asked was about, we, uh, some people were told the president's position on issues like charter schools and merit pay, and this was when uh, President Obama was in office. So can the president drive polarization? Yeah, well, the, the data split in an interesting, in a really interesting way here. So you guys conducted a bunch of different survey experiments in 2009 and 2010 in which you randomly assigned folks um, to receive former President Barack Obama's position on a bunch of education policy issues. Now, Obama was particularly interesting on uh, education policy. He held a lot of positions that were uh, ideologically atypical. Um, 
Obama was supportive of charter schools. Obama was supportive of merit-based pay. Um, and these are probably a little bit closer to the modal Republican response than the modal Democrat response. Um, and so one thing that I wanted to explore is what are the effects of receiving these ideologically moderate, ideologically atypical elite policy endorsements um, on polarization? And so what's, what's interesting here is that the results in 2009 and the results in 2010 are dramatically different. 2009 was Obama's first year in office. Um, the Education Next survey was in the field uh, in the heart of the honeymoon period. And by contrast, in 2010, um, the Education Next survey was in the field shortly after the passage of the Affordable Care Act um, at the early ascendancy of the Tea Party, a very different political environment, particularly with respect to Republicans' feelings towards Obama. And so in 2009, I looked at those experiments in which you guys provided uh, Obama's positions on uh, charter schools and merit-based pay, um, issues in which Obama had ideologically atypical views. Democrats responded fairly predictably to Obama's positions. They became more supportive of these policies. Uh, and Republicans generally were unmoved. They didn't, they didn't care. They didn't respond in any systematic way to the provision of Obama's positions, resulting because of the ideological nature of Obama's positions, resulting in an overall depolarization. But in 2010, the exact opposite happens. Um, Democrats respond in sort of a predictable way. They become more supportive of the policies that Obama supports. Um, but Republicans respond antagonistically, um, even though Obama's positions were somewhat closer to a conventional Republican position. Um, Republicans became less supportive of uh, state accountability systems, became less supportive of the um, federal requirement for annual standardized testing, became less supportive of merit-based pay upon hearing that Obama supported those things, resulting in 2010 in an increase in polarization. So it sounds like, it sounds to me like a president when the, is popular across the board, uh, they can build support for a policy, but if they are uh, defined in a, in a partisan way by the media or by political conflict, it's going to be very difficult for them to persuade the opposite party to come along. In fact, they might drive them in the opposite direction. And maybe that's what we're sort of seeing uh, these days uh, with a president uh, who uh, has been taking plenty of controversial issues out there in a very uh, polarized environment. Well, thank you very much, David, for uh, discussing uh, political polarization and education policy with me. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, I've been speaking with David Houston, a postdoctoral fellow at the Harvard Program on Education Policy and Governance. Thank you, David, for joining me on the Education Exchange to discuss this very important topic in the field of education. Thank you, Paul.